Welcome to Stepside with Joel Johnson and me, Matt Howie. Each week we talk about truck news, truck-related items, our favorite trucks, everything trucks. Trucks, trucks, trucks. Let's go. Twenty twenty three, baby. What an intro. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. You know, we did a great job this week of actually pre planning what we we're gonna talk about in the show, except we didn't plan an intro. And so notes for two or three episodes from now, we should plan an intro as well. Yeah, maybe by the twentieth episode we'll get this right. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll never happen. Uh big news. At least it's at the top of our notes. Oh I do yeah, think it's CES the biggest truck news. CES happened. <laughs> See, this happened, and uh, it used to just be nerd TVs and um, electronics, uh, or uh, yeah, and then it sort of became consumer electronics. Well, I guess it was always consumer electronics, but uh, there's a lot of car stuff. There's a lot of car companies that went. I was really surprised. I was watching, like, my favorite car YouTubers, and they were going, and I was like, what the hell is, like, a guy who winches cars out of a ditch doing there? Yeah. But it turns out, like, you know, all his sponsors had booths there, so Yeah. I saw a bunch of interesting stuff. I guess the new Dodge Ram EV truck it was announced. It's clearly a concept. It's like got like suicide doors in the back, you know, like the front and back doors open out like a Lincoln. It's beautiful. It looks like it looks also like the Chevy Silverado EV coming out like remarkably. It definitely uh, had the most buzz. Uh, there, there were a few like BYD had a truck concept that that uh, the Chinese brand, but uh, and you're 100 percent right. Like I, I know from my small time in the automotive world, they're at this point much happier. The car shows are dying. They would much rather be at CES because they can double dip <laughs> car and you know tech nerd enthusiast yeah. stuff. And as EVs are moving forward and they're becoming more same, same, same. Uh, like a lot of the only distinction is like, look at the gadgets we baked into the car and like, look at yeah. what our software can do. I will say this about the Ram uh, revolution concept, I think is what it was called mm -hmm. out of everything. I mean, put the F-150 lightning aside. It's a real product. It already exists. Their strategy <laughs> was to make it look like the F-150. Uh, like of the concepts, I, I think this concept looks way better than the Silverado EV aesthetically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got that weird, like little cut line between the cab and the bed that yeah. for some reason, like it almost looks like Screams it's truck. like articulated, but for yeah. me, uh, visually, I actually think this thing is pretty cool looking. <laughs> it's like a mega ute sort of Australian <laughs> vibes, but yeah, 90% of the like fun features in there. I'm like, Never gonna these ship. are not yeah. going to be in a, in it is cool truck. that like. They're doing that thing like that weird Russian looking tank electric truck does, which is you can put like 18 feet of lumber through the middle of it because there's no transmission tunnel and you can just like like a ski hole. Like yes. And no, yeah. And it's back. it's skis size. If you look at the yeah, front yeah. trunk hole, it was like maybe eight inches. It's like you could put. But they three... got a picture of the tailgate going like six feet out behind it. That's wild. There's a bunch of stuff we can talk about it, and I'm happy to talk most yeah. of the show about this truck. But I, I will start by saying uh, the thing that I think has the best chance of maybe being real and overall is a trend that in EV truck land and even non-EV truck lands, I feel like could start happening that would be really cool is everything was on tracks. The seats were on tracks. 
there were oh, tracks yeah. laid into the bed, like like an airline like aircraft yeah. track. Yeah, what's that called? E track or something? There's a There's bunch a of different names for it. For yeah, it. Uh, but like the idea that you would effectively have like an extruded aluminum it, it is presumably what it all is, like extruded aluminum track with some universal connecting pieces. I'm like, yes, give me that on all the trucks. Like that makes a lot of sense to me, especially uh on the seating and stuff like of course it makes sense in a bed or on even on the side of a truck but the idea that oh you just want to like take the seats out instead of having all of the stamp steel weird things and then there's humps underneath it or whatever well there is the, a lot of electronics and seats and airbags yeah so. but you can pass that through i mean it's just like track like lighting, long right? cabling yeah you know it's weird that um a lot of cargo areas already have this the jeep the rivian mm-hmm. they have these cool like you know, you turn like clips, clips with loops and stuff, and you you click, you unclick them, and you slide them, and then you click them back down. Uh, and then the the e track from airlines. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing this would never fly because no one's ever done crash testing on these rails. Like how strong of a rail and a connection do you need? I would guess, but they're on planes. They've been on planes for 50 years, and people die in those and getting major wrecks. And seats flying out of the tracks doesn't feel like a Except for an explosion, doesn't feel like a thing that happens. Anything's testable, right? Like, right, no one's done it. No one's paid for it. Like, Dodge needs to pay for it and crush a few cars to figure it out, maybe. I don't know. Like, I had the actual airplane track in the Sprinter van I had. Like, the guy did like 10 feet of it behind the front seats, and it was fun and you can move shit around. But yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of that. The next time that I do a truck, if it's a temporary thing, I'll do what I did in the Tacoma, which is just bolt it through and then have it floating above the the bed floor but mm-hmm. the if i do a flatbed which is my ultimate dream at some point yeah. the the real slick move is to recess it like it's like a woodworking table or something and you recess yeah. it so it's flush at the bottom i will but uh the the other thing that it made me kind it, it's concepty i doubt they'll it'll actually turn into the real life thing but i thought it was actually really cool in the ram was that they so it has it has a mid gate like a Silverado uh, or like an Avalanche many years before, where the 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 back of the cab can flip down or hide or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in that concept, they had two seats on the left hand side, and then they had three seats plus jump seats, uh, or at least they said you could do it. I don't know if it was in the in the concept they had. Where again, because you just have vertical line or not vertical uh, parallel lines rails running the length of the vehicle. You could, in theory, slot in as many seats as you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, it does like that's one that's one to keep an eye on in car yeah. design because, especially with so many people in SUV land being like, "Oh, I actually need three rows, or I need this much seating, or whatever." The idea of just being able to say, "Great, we'll just sell you as many seats as you need. You can put them <laughs> where you need them." And if you have long people on one side and short people on the other, or you know, adults and kids, that that there is something there. I think. Yeah, totally. Most of overlanding, the first thing people do is buy those goose deck, like remove, <laughs> delete seats thing, like because they mm-hmm. want to put in fridges and storage. Uh, yeah, like that's what I loved about the Sprinter is like we could pop out the back seats, and then the rear had uh, the tracks. And I was always trying to find like two jump seats that would work with the tracks. But like, if I was going to go to a soccer game with seven people, I could just throw in a couple extra seats because uh, normally it was a five passenger. So I think, like, yeah, that was the most interesting thing about the Ram is like the flexible interior platformness of it. Like you could do, yeah, it could be a 
four-seater, five-seater, six-seater, if you had children, eight-seater, I guess. But like, yeah, you can make a tiny kid bus. But um, yeah, I love that. And taking stuff out should be easy, much easier than it is. The only other uh, thing that I really saw at CES, and I didn't dig into it too much, but you and I are both UX and and like kind of software nerds in these, mm-hmm. is that there, there was CarPlay, like the big CarPlay announcement stuff got announced at whatever the last Apple show yeah, November-ish was. or something. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, you know, that was really forward looking. That was like five yeah. years from now, maybe. Right. Yeah. Cause all of that has to be baked in at the OEM level. And they tend to be years behind what like, yeah. Apple is announcing, whether they do it or not. But I, and I didn't look into this cause I'm an Apple guy and I, mm-hmm. you know, not anti Android, but I think a new Android auto also launched yeah. with a bunch of features. Yeah, so I was just watching like an Engadget, like, you know, catch up with 10,000 booths at CES in eight minutes kind of wrap up. And they were just like flying through car stuff and they just went, oh, by the way, like new Android Auto is debut, like a beta of it was shown. And I looked at it and I took a screenshot. This is like a screenshot from my iPad while I'm watching it. It looks better than CarPlay. It looks like they, they tripled down on copying CarPlay and then they made like a slightly better, like everything is... You can tell everything is flexible to the frame, like to the resolution that's presented with. Um, like Apple CarPlay has like, and this is like stuff I'm going to be writing about soon, has all these stupid limitations that are just like fixed. Like there's always only three icons showing, even if you're on one of those waterfall screens, it's like three feet tall. It's like, it looks weird. It looks strange. It's not like super resolution independent. But this Android Auto screenshot, I mean, it looks absolutely like it's maximizing the space in this um, dash that's shown. But I think yeah. you can do a lot of that technically with Apple CarPlay. Nobody like, does it. <laughs> but nobody does it, right? Yeah. So the so question like, is, is it an Apple problem or is it a OEM problem? Yeah, it's kind of a both problem. But like uh, Apple CarPlay, I can feel like it was made for a six-inch diagonal screen. Like uh, the bare bones work. And then when you put it on like a 12-inch screen or a 15-inch screen or – a Mercedes S class has this ginormous, like one foot by three foot kind of tall screen. CarPlay just starts to look super weird because it's only showing a couple things at a time. And when you get a big canvas, you can do a lot more stuff. And it just looks like Android is just a few months ahead on instead of trying to like make whole dashboards. Like I just don't think, you know, the support for Apple CarPlay in a new 2023 car is probably like, you know, 75% of them, maybe two thirds at the most of cars oh even support. It feels like, like, no, I bet it's almost all like I, at CarPlay and Android Auto, I would imagine is some, I bet it's over 95% on okay. everything. Well, I think there. like them getting into the dash cluster is going to be a way harder battle. Like not only, I mean, I, I see what they're doing that they're like offloading. They're like, um, like the Maverick ships with a navigation button on the stereo that doesn't have navigation. All it does is go into Android or iPhone and launch your maps out, uh, which I was like, dude, that's great. Like, yeah, it's clear the the little screen on a Ford Maverick is like a dummy monitor for, you know, other devices. Ford uh, didn't do anything. I don't have like Sync 3. I don't have like there's no OS for it. It's just connect a phone and then it does stuff, which I think is great. And I could see like Kias and Hyundais or someone who's like really cost cutting could be like, yeah, we don't even have to make speedometers anymore. You know, all we got to do is send the API or, you know, the current GPS feed and let Apple do the rest. A few questions I have about that as far as like, you know, Android has an 
Android has Android Automotive, I believe is the branding now, which is the <laughs> the kind of car level stuff. Like Volvo uses it. Well, I right, yeah, Ford yeah. is moving to it. GM may be using it, where yeah. they used to have a lot of QNX-based and Windows CE-based, like Sync 3, I think is still Windows yeah. CE-based. And like, and now Google has gone like, hey, we can do all of that. Like, we'll sell you, you know, whatever the deal is. Every- and it still supports CarPlay. But yeah. I do have some questions on a lot of that, which is like... There, there's a it's more just like consumer rights stuff where i'm like okay yeah. well what are they monitoring and how much of this is going back up to the cloud now right both from the oem level and from the google level but at from a usability standpoint like yeah i i i've seen a couple of cars where you have to pay extra to have <laughs> their nav which is really funny to me because it's like well who in what world would do it um and then the other thing that I was going to throw in that is funny when you start looking into us, but I actually think it's cool is most of the screens. It's certainly just the way CarPlay works. And I imagine Android auto as well, both your dash, uh, like your gauge cluster and the, the CarPlay interface are just MPEG four streams. That's like mm-hmm. all it's doing is oh. just rendering MPEG four on the device and then just wow. streaming. Cause MPEG four is computationally so cheap now because there's, yeah hardware oh, that's probably how all those wireless carplay boxes that's exactly right because they take like 30 seconds to set up no matter what you i mean to to launch carplay so they must just be like compiling and playing a video or oh, they're man. just i those a lot of those i think are just doing like some sort of handshake emulation to say i am a carplay device so the car flips over and then it's probably just straight up a, making a private channel on Wi-Fi between the dongle and the other side. Like, it's just USB yeah. over Wi-Fi. Oh, wait. The other stuff from CES was, did you see all the BMW, like, uh, uh, oh. LED paint? It was, <laughs> like, I, was it LED or was it still e-paper? Because their I previous think, yeah, version was, was e-paper. And it I was showing was colors. It. it wasn't just white and black. Uh, well, there's or color one of them was. Yeah, one of them was color and one of them was white and black. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who needs that, but it was neat. No one needs it, but I'm all the fuck about it. <laughs> like, it's super cool to me. Uh, I, you know, there's there's a side thing. This is actually, I'm not writing or anything. I'm in the middle of trying to get this new business started. So I'm removing distractions. But uh, I, I think I've figured out in this car buying process uh, for the new truck, like why people don't buy fun colors anymore and it's I'll, I'll i'll save the big theory but but if you're trying to figure out why people are only buying white silver and black cars and you want to <laughs> get them sold other things i think a big factor is some days you don't want the big bright red yellow green vehicle some days you're trying not to like bring attention to you so i really think that the idea is this likely going to happen from a product standpoint it needs a lot more price. Uh, you know, it's like, this is going to be a luxury thing for a long time. Yeah. But I think you can totally fast forward like 10 years from now or 15 oh, years fa- from now. Yeah. And Tuner you, kids would love Right. It. Like the idea that you don't have to pick a paint color anymore and you just have like a dressable paint is oh. Awesome. I guess like, I guess I live it. Uh, I have you know RGB rock lights on my Jeep, and sometimes they're pink, and sometimes they're blue, and sometimes they're cyan, and yeah, I do whatever I feel like, and I like it. Yeah, uh, I mean, as smart home nerd, 
that has a bunch of addressable RGBs behind their desk. Like <laughs> it should be a very easy leap from that to like, <laughs> yes, I would love to be able to change my, my paint color. Oh, speaking of boring ass paint colors and luxury cars, uh, my wife took her Volvo XC60 in for service for 30,000 mile service the other day. And for Christmas, I wrapped it in like bright orange. She always loves seventies, like hunger orange. And her brother owned a 72 or 73, 1800 ES, the, you know, the 1800, but like the weird shooting brake wagony one with the big glass in the back. Yeah. And Tonks, his is Tonks Coffee has one of those as well. His, oh, rad. Uh, his, his is bright orange. It was like a stock color in 1973. So, uh, we got the wrap that matched it closest. I don't know if I ever send you a photo. It's pretty badass looking. No, I takes the Volvo. She takes the Volvo and she's like, the sales staff came out. We're just like, what? Because when we bought it, it was available in eight different grays, white and black. And like, and I thought I was, I made a joke on Twitter and people had to reply to me with screenshots of like the build your own Volvo going, holy fuck. It really is eight different grays with just like a drop of green, a drop of blue. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, just barely off grays. Uh, yeah, the whole staff went ape shit. Some woman like took down. Like, what are you suggestions to customers who complain about colors? You know, like, wow, this rap place did such a great job. It, it, like, like she said, a receptionist was going over like how they curved around the mirrors and stuff. I was going, this is really quality work. <laughs> and I was just like, how does this person know so much? But she was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna send so many customers that way. <laughs> It's uh, really weird. Uh, we have the brown V90, which was the launch color. And yeah, I loved it. I have, Root beer, baby. It's it's the best brown I've ever seen. The, yeah. It's it's right up there with the Porsche mahogany metallic. Um, it, the, the coolest part, just to go into brown paint for a minute, the coolest <laughs> part about this paint color to me is that when it's polished up, it's like my paint is a wreck right now. But when it's polished and it's in the sun, the undertone yeah. of the brown is purple. Which oh, is like man. so nice looking in real life, but even that brown, brown Volvo, right? Like a mm-hmm. Jalopnik style, like cliche. <laughs> I, almost every time I've taken it into a Volvo dealer, they're like, "Oh wow, you got one of the brown ones. We've never seen one of those." Or like, "Oh, we wow. only had one of those, and no one's ever ordered another one." And it's brown, like in nor- when it's slightly dirty or whatever, it just looks like a you know dark gray, like black kind of car. And, you know, Volvo has the, the, the Polestar cyan color, but like they don't sell that on any vehicles anymore, including Polestars. Uh, it's, it's hard. Like it's hard to buy a crazy color now because it's a commitment. Everyone wants to be safe. Everyone wants to be safe. But also I really think that it is a social signal, which is that in a lot of lefty uh, you know, communities, whatever, like the idea of buying a car for pleasure is, is seen as like kind of smoking. (laughs) Yeah. It's like really not accepted anymore as like, you know, everyone has cars, but they're like necessary evils. So if you buy a car that's for pleasure or for fun, I think it, what are you doing? You're destroying the planet and having fun. I think a lot of, I think, and, and I, the, the proof to this theory for me is why, What's the outside of exotics and supercars and, you know, like hundred thousand six six figure plus vehicles. What is the only class of cars that get fun colors still is, uh, well, Jeeps, but they're kind of like their own thing. Like people already know inherently that they're super high end BMWs and Porsches, Subarus. Oh yeah. Because a Subaru has enough 
like liberal good points (laughs) that it outweighs the fact that it's like bright orange or bright blue. Yeah. So I think that is my, that is my, my, my test of this theory, which is like, if you buy a Subaru, people are like, ah, you're practical. You don't actually like cars. You can have fun. You can have fun with it. Like you're very (laughs) fun. My wife was in the market for a cross track before the Volvo. And I feel like the orange and blues that we loved went away, but, they're mostly like greens now, but yeah. I have a bunch of stuff to talk about buying the, the next truck for me and the Ranger. Mm-hmm. And I'll, so I will save it uh, in a minute. But like it has been a real thing of trying it's, to figure out like what color do we actually. What color do they to. come in? I mean, it's just the gray, Ranger. Black, the Ranger white. actually has some colors. Uh, so credit to Ford. There is over cyber the orange. last five years, there is a cyber orange. Oh, the velocity blue, I think is the best. The velocity blue is very high on my list. It's very, yeah. it, they've done two or three blues, but the velocity blue is like the right metallic. Mix of like, yeah. It's right. metallic and yeah. bright and rich. Yeah. Um, and then they have, they have one that they, I think they're still selling, which is a cactus blue, which is like a, like kind of a Toyota milky, like not the matte, oh. but whatever that modern right. sort of, I don't yeah. know what you would call those those colors, but the milky colors is what we yeah. always call them. Yeah, uh, which is nice. Cactus is really nice, and then they do yeah, cyber orange, which is school bus yellow, and then uh, they have a couple of reds, and they just launched this year like a forest green, which is is hmm. nice. Like, um, I'm surprised they don't do like a khaki for like military dudes. Like I was a, a little desert. surprised by that too, and and uh, like GM just added a khaki that. We went to uh, we went up north, uh, Michigan, for New Year's Eve with some friends, and I saw a ton of GM new GM trucks in like a khaki, um, yeah. which you know it's like I keep waiting to not like that. That trend has been what five <laughs> plus years, and still when I see them, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. Like I still like <laughs> I was listening to a podcast where the dudes were supposed to be talking about EVs, and they just talked for an hour and a half about. Porsche custom colors and like chalk versus what's what's the gray one? Nardo gray and then like they have a tan flat like yeah primary color and yeah. I was like oh it's called cappuccino or something and I was like God why don't these guys shut up and then I saw them in a parking lot and I was like this is amazing <laughs> I get it like when I saw it in person chalk Porsches are awesome they're it's <laughs> such a good color but yes we will we will not fall down that same <laughs> same path hey, also. Baby. At car guy points i lost the battle to paint the whole houses but i did paint the inside of our deck when we did like a light refresh we moved into this house last mm-hmm. or yeah i guess last year now uh my deck is nardo gray i specifically <laughs> went out and like matched a paint code to audi Rad. nardo gray and you know what it looks like battleship gray everybody's like i love that battleship gray and i'm like oh. it's a very specific one and but like when you have like wood stain yeah. on a wood thing it's like oh yeah it actually it it's not metallic it's not on like curvy surfaces it doesn't look i mean it looks fine but it doesn't look cool at all it just i think looks i like have one paint. friend with a gray painted deck yeah i could see that it's i mean fine. people it's call it like a little blue. probably mo- most often uh yeah we were we looked at a bunch of car colors because we had our house painted that was there's a bunch of stuff in the renovation of this house that'll take years but the 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 outside of the house is clad in cedar that has been painted or stained before and and it was like that was the quick 
honestly, like speaking of color choices for neighbors, it's actually very similar where we were like, what is the cheapest thing we can do to signal to our neighbors that we're not going to be bad neighbors? And yeah, we were yeah. like, uh, out of all of the renovation that needs to happen on this house, like we can just have the house repainted. And uh, <laughs> we ended up going with like a silvery, lightly blue toned, very safe, like silver, basically, uh-huh. with, with like dark accents. And it's fine. But we looked and looked and looked at, at like Porsche colors and a bunch of different things of like, <laughs> oh, this would be so fun to paint it like a like a car color. And then, yeah, like where we landed was when you paint a big square box that is, you know, has cedar siding, it doesn't matter what color you paint it. Like nothing about that screams car unless maybe you had the exact same color of car. <laughs> oh, right. You were parking parked out front. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I will say, uh, smoothing thing over, smoothing things over with neighbors goes a long way. I had no idea when I moved in here. Apparently, the person who lived in my house before me, uh, three families share one driveway, but only this house owns the driveway, and oh, it's about right. a thousand bucks a year to like regravel it. And they are practically having lawsuits of like who pays for the gravel. And uh, so, like a month or two into owning it, now I was like grading my own gravel and going, yeah, that's uh. Uh, asphalt contractor was working next door and was like, hey, we got a big truck full of asphalt. We give you like a new driveway for half the price and I did it. <laughs> so now it's like none of the neighbors care. We have this beautiful paved driveway. Don't have to worry about it. It's fucking great. There's nothing easy about easements. That's <laughs> yeah. the phrase that I will start saying now like I didn't <laughs> just make it up. Uh, yeah, no, the neighbor, our neighbors rule. We love our neighborhood, but we also lucked out uh, in this neighborhood because uh, our house is like in the middle of it's a five-way stop and we're on this weird triangular lot but mm-hmm. the way we're on the side of a hill so like every there's basically a circle of houses around us and we're sort of in the middle and so everybody can see us and we got super lucky because it turns out the people who had owned this house before us were like the neighborhood meanies and uh, so like they've been here for like 50 years like everybody yeah. knew them and had relationships with them they weren't you know nobody like hated hated them but they were apparently like just a real real cranky old couple and so like yeah we gotta <laughs> when we moved oh, in everybody's like we're so glad you're here like this yeah. is so great like trying not to say oh yeah also the people who live here those before people are monsters were a mess <laughs> but this truck when we, when i finally pull a trigger like i've only got two garage spaces and and the volvo and the 911 are gonna have to live in those for now so i have been Burning a lot of neurosis calories on. <laughs> what like, happened yesterday? Um, we canceled the show recording to buy a truck. Before we talk about it, because I will go long. Here are some other things I want to talk about first. Uh, Rivian execs. A bunch yeah. of Rivian execs just left. I actually, I think I sent that to you because you're about to take that delivery of the yeah. R1S. And I'm like. I can't uh, pay, It's paywall, but what happened? <laughs> yeah. A bunch of Rivian execs left. I mean, like, there's not yeah. there's not that much to it. But it is a 13-year-old company, and you could get burned out after eight years or ten years of grinding. Uh, totally. Like, and also, there, there's no – it's all grind from here on out, you know? Yeah. And also, I think with Tesla But once they get to the public, that's kind of like a finish line. Like, I, I could see, like, the last six years are probably a lot of hard work, and then now they're getting out there, so – now I'm not just, denigrating them, yeah. and I'm not denigrating yeah. anybody that stayed. I yeah. m- honestly, for me, I, my concern comes as a Rivian fan because what I'm worried about with Rivian is that they 
pulled it off, like they did all the hard stuff, and then the the greater economic headwinds that they're launching into and have launched into over the last two years is going to like make it impossible for them to succeed because the point where they get any sort of scale GM Ford, Toyota, whoever will have like eat their lunch on like a pricing and scale standpoint. (laughs) And so like, you know, I'm not saying like, don't take delivery of that Arban S like it's fine, (laughs) but, uh, I don't know. I'm just worried for them. You know, that's yeah. really it. I, and it, and I don't even say this with like a professional auto person cap on. I'm just like, I really love what they're doing. I think the products are awesome, uh, but they got to get to like 50 or a hundred thousand units a year probably, yeah. but to, you know, make it. And so anyway, just a note, something to keep an eye yeah. on. Um, I will say also, I've seen when you have a brain bleed in any company, like when you get a whole bunch of oldsters all leaving at once, that sucks. And also like, this just literally happened this morning as we're recording, but Tesla dropped their prices on a lot of stuff. Like things are, stuff's moving in EV land and, and automotive in general. Like there's going to be a bunch of whoever, whoever appeared to have been in the, in the lead and the received wisdom of the last five years about who's going to win the EV future. I think it's much more at play in play now than it was even six months ago. Um, I will also say I am more confident than ever for my purposes. And EV truck is like not on my list. And I've even, I found a couple, I I didn't chase them down to see how real they were, but I found a couple of F-150 lightning deals that started to be pretty reasonable, like 50 to 60 grand for low trim lightnings. And uh, I, it's just not, I can't, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't meet my needs, but I do think that there, I think, and we've talked about this on the show before, but I think this, my gut feeling is there's going to be like a, not, not like a right wing led culture war thing, which will also (laughs) happen as is convenient to Republicans. But I think there's going to be a real uh, push back from consumers on EVs because they're not as good for people, for the average person. Like, they're just not yet. And yeah. I th- this came up a lot in my automotive journal journalist friend groups this week where there was a bunch of people pitching out um, – to automotive journalists about like, look how bad Toyota is. Didn't you see their quotes where they said, like they think that hybrids are better solutions for a lot of people and aren't they evil? And from a, you know, planet warming standpoint, like, sure, we got to go as fast as we can to carbon free transportation, but the, what it's like to live as a citizen in the United States in 2023 standpoint, I'm like a middle-class family that, is going to stretch to buy a 50 or $60,000 EV that doesn't work as well for their needs as a hybrid would. Like I'm, my heart is much more with the like people who are like, yeah, I, EVs are still a toy. So I'm curious. And and I think for, for our, you know, uh, I think if, if we have an audience profile, it's like probably the 10 people who like trucks who also easily can afford to buy whatever toy trucks they want. Yeah. I think there will be some EV deals coming up here pretty soon if you are looking for an EV truck but haven't jumped in yet. And by deals, I mean they'll be like MSRP or reasonably priced. 
Um, other quick hits. Uh, the four door Jimny was announced. Oh my in god, that looks amazing! I had no idea. It's so good, man. I love those trucks. <sighs> I'm sure they're death traps. Uh, but I, <laughs> well, did I you see the way they're they're only God, they're under three thousand pounds. These things are tiny. Yeah, they also only have they're like 110 horsepower or something. Yeah, like it's a completely different philosophy of vehicle. Yeah. But I did make myself slightly sick because I. Uh, uh, Jimny is sold in Australia and I have a, uh, yeah, in lots of other places, but, but I have a good sense of like what trucks cost in Australia. And so I went and looked to see how much the Ford or Jimny was going to cost in Australia in in US dollars. No, it's like 20. It's like, you could get a brand new one for like 20,000 USD. And I'm like, I went down the rabbit hole once. Uh, and there's like forums of like Jeep forums where people went down the rabbit hole where like there's one on a used car lot in Texas. I don't know how they got a tag for it. Like, like, oh, there's I guess you can buy a, a left hand drive one in Mexico. And then and I've already looked into get it. it. Yeah, yeah. I here's here's the man. here's the here's how it happens. You buy it in Mexico. You register it in Mexico with some sort of cheap shell company or, mm-hmm. you know, like identity shell. And as long as you drive it across the border back into Mexico once a year, you can retain Mexican registration. Wow. So, so what people are doing, and I mean, this is one of those quasi-legal things. This is not, you know, <laughs> play the soundboard sound effect for not legal <laughs> advice. But, like, what people are doing is buying them in Mexico and then just making sure they cross the border once a year. And that's why you're seeing them in Southern California and in Texas. Uh, but... Even then, it's like you got to really want it because it's not part of the appeal of a Jimny is that they're cheap. And if you have to do all this extra rigmarole and then let alone like what happens if you wreck it or, you know, you get into an accident, like does your insurance happen? They're not a good practical choice, but man, I love them. I love the way they look. Um, I'm sure driving them at 65 miles an hour plus is a nightmare, but they're just so cool. They're so cool. Um, speaking of cool, there was another thing and I just saw it today, uh, while I was looking around, but apparently I think it was shown at CES. There is a little EV ute that is, (laughs) I, I think being built out, I think it's like an Indian company or something, but they're being built in the U S again, it's a ute, uh, or, or a UTV, I should say, uh, not road legal, blah, 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 but it's called the desert beaver. (laughs) <laughs> and aesthetically it rules it's a little two-door with like a kind of flatbed situation um it's only two-wheel drive for now they don't even have a four four-wheel drive version uh but uh we'll throw it into show notes or whatever just google <laughs> desert, desert beaver because when i saw it i was just like yep i had a ranch so i could <laughs> drive around in my desert beaver uh and then the last quick hit this is actually i sent this story to a few auto blogger friends of mine not because I think that it's this giant story, but it is fairly big deal in the off-road world, which it looks like shock ro- uh, Shockworks, Shrock Works, off-roading like bumper yeah. and sliders and armor company out of Houston. Uh, looks like they're done, like fully out of business. There were some Facebook posts that uh, employees said we all got laid off. Uh, a lot of people who had outstanding orders. Shrockworks has never had the best reputation for customer service like response 
So there's yeah. a lot of people who are like, hey, I gave them money six months ago. What does yeah. that mean for me? And it looks like maybe that's gone. And then sounds like the owner is an absolute nightmare. Uh, and it sounds like the owner just noped out of everything. <laughs> like he just disappeared one day. Allegedly a nightmare. <laughs> Allegedly, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I have no, idea. I, I have no idea about the company or the owner or anything like that. But I know the product and people have yeah. liked and used their product for years. So shipping costs are very crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't think their margins have ever been great. And um, especially in the era where modding is more popular than ever, but people paying a premium for real performance or durability is probably decreasing. Mm. Uh, it's got to be a hard business to be in. Um, so yeah, I was, I, it's, you know, if you, I mean, there's a lot of truck works order, like, uh, maybe, you know, check with your credit card vendor. I mean, I took a basic um, economics course. If you have seven months of backlog and you're selling a $1,400 bumper, you should be selling an $1,800 bumper and you should have a one month backlog or a $2,000 bumper and have no backlog. The problem also with a lot of these businesses, the armor businesses is that it, the capital, the, 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 the capex to start a business is super low. And yeah. so you run into a lot of companies where somebody it, literally it's just one guy or often two will be like, and now I make bumpers. And yeah. so there's the competition is high from a uh, selection set for the customer. It looks like there's tons of options, but in reality, there really aren't. Yeah, I looked at, uh, I was just looking at Southern Style Off-Road, which is like a Louisiana bumper company that makes rad Tacoma bumpers. And uh, they, they're selling them for like 900 to 1500 depending on your options. And then they sell like a flat shipped kit of like metal that you weld at home and all the corners mm-hmm. are made for you and everything. And it turned out to be like $600 for just the metal. And I was just like, God damn, like I, I know... I could go to Harbor Freight and teach myself to ugly stick weld and then grind it off. But uh, I was like, man, a welding shop would charge me way more than probably 500 bucks to put a thing with like 28 parts together. The only thing, no, the only thing you, you save gotta, on is the, shipping, right? You save like 200 bucks of shipping. A giant you save on shipping because it's a lot cheaper to ship flat yeah. bar like plate. Uh, but, you know, they're not getting uh, like any sort of real discount on the steel. And right, right, steel right. and aluminum, you know, commodity prices have fluctuated a lot over the last three years for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, you're basically just paying them to plasma cut CNC, or yeah. water jet yeah. the parts and then ship them to you. And the the difference is, yeah, it's just all the shipping and because it's less by weight and more about, like, size of a truck. I went to But a- also, I don't... Like I, I, I can technically weld, but yeah, I'm probably at the same skill level you are where I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't build it. Don't walk over any bridge that I make. <laughs> but, uh, for me, it's also like, yeah, like how much of my time and energy is going to be spent doing this one-off thing when I can pay 400 bucks more and it just shows up. This is all like, you know, my perception is off, you know, or a $1,500 thing is just metal parts should cost 300 bucks to me, but I know it's more than that. And just steel alone. Uh, and then the CNC cost money. I actually uh, had, when I had that econo line in Oregon, uh, mm-hmm. and I had a local fab shop make me a bumper because I wasn't going to 
hey, Illuminus was the only people that made Econoline bumpers and they were aluminum. Right. I think the front bumper from Illuminus was like three grand <laughs> 12 years ago or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, like yeah. it was like insane. And so I had a local company weld me up just a real, probably like a eight polygon like bumper. And it was still like a thousand bucks or something uh, mm. at the time. And it was custom and, you know, it, yeah. it was a fair price. But, yeah, it's not as cheap as as you would think. Uh, I, I, I will throw in one more thing. I heard you starting to talk, but I'm just going to keep talking over you. Uh, the other quick hit that I want to note is that I have seen this. is This is a trend watch segment. Uh, I think that flatbeds are the new, like, off-road or will become one of the new off-road signifiers flatbeds have been around forever uh in you know if you have like um like oil and gas trucks like by default a lot of times like they buy the truck without a bed and and then have a flatbed installed but i'm seeing more and more the overland expo truck that just sold on bring a trailer a month ago uh had a flatbed I've seen two or three, like Truck Trend has a uh, Gladiator they're building right now that just put a Mitz Alloy, uh, mm-hmm. which I believe is an Australian company that yeah. Mule yep. is their distributor here. Yep. But I'm seeing a lot of custom, like a bunch of stuff. And that's what I want too. So like I'm only, <laughs> you know, another, uh, you know, in of one. But I think oh. this next yeah. year or two, I think that'll be the big signal of like how hardcore are you is if you have a flatbed. Uh, so the Mule Expedition Outfitters are like one of the first, yeah, Australian importers of it. And, uh, oh, wow, they do have it on a Ranger. Well, the World Ranger, but nice. They have a, they have a couple vehicles there. Like the shop owner, I think, has one. It's always parked out front. And then they've got this showroom with like pop-up tents and the like expandable campers and those things are in like the forty thousand dollar range so when you see the like flatbed with the box with the rooftop tent on i think that stuff is getting in the like 20 25 range it seems cheaper than the full-on like rv style um campers so it is funny uh they're just so incredibly expensive though (laughs) you know it's like you're you're in for at least 12 grand or something if you're gonna go that route but they look amazing on gladiators the Overlandy adventure stuff is still very uh, pricey. It's not like you can't find American built aluminum flatbeds though I know. for yeah. Yeah. five or six grand. Yeah. So when I finally lock into a truck uh, that I think I'm going to keep for more than a year or two, uh, <laughs> that will probably be the route I go, which is just to buy. Yeah. I can't remember the vendors off the top of my head, but I've looked into it fairly recently. Like, there's a lot of aluminum uh, flatbeds that you can buy for like five or six grand from a yeah, US company. Yeah, work trucks. And even if it's not a hundred percent, like as gadgety, cool yeah. systems, you just need a platform. Uh, just mod it. Like, yeah, yeah. like add it on there. Social signals, uh, yeah. trend spotting. I, I think that's about to become like a yeah, real thing. A huge thing. Yeah, the Overland ones are really cool in how they like incorporate side storage and stuff in every open space of those things. But my, uh, I had two neighbors with uh, like big Chevy trucks with flatbeds on them, but it was almost like a signifier of like their redneck cred. Like one guy worked mm-hmm. for a timber company and one guy had like a diesel tank in it for fueling up tractors and stuff. But like it didn't even have rails. And I always, I, I would look at my neighbor and go like, what do you, what do you, like, does stuff just slide off? Like what do you, you have to tie down every single thing you ever put out there? But you know, I think getting a custom built box over the top of it to store all your stuff and like 
hold a tent or above you the just roof. Put an, you just put side panels on it. Like the, yeah. the benefit of a flatbed is the modularity and like yeah. a lot of mitts I know for certain sell side rail kits that like let you turn it back into a bed. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the same reason that I, I wanted is like, not because I want to drive around with the flatbed all the time. It's because I want to be able to, when I'm at do home, literally anything. do whatever I, yeah, whatever I want. Like, Oh, I got to go pick a bunch of stuff up. Like I'll just punch, you know, things in. And because I'm thinking this, uh, truck solution for me, even fairly long-term, it's going to be something that lives under like a carport that I will build. And then I can just like have a little come along or winch that I just pull stuff off the back and hang it up in the rafters. I don't know if it's ever going to get to the OEM, but it's definitely like Australian stuff is, is coming heavy and hard here. And like, they're well, beautiful. speaking of Australian stuff and speaking uh-huh. of global Rangers and <laughs> speaking of, uh, how Australians still have all of this off-road shit figured out better than anybody else. In my opinion, yeah. uh, I, I am shocked that I do not, I am not saying that I have bought a new truck because I am so close, so <laughs> close. Uh, and and I, I'll also like have to shout out, I, I don't have his name up, but that guy that you pointed out to me that was like a listener, which like, first of all, the fact that we have literally any like non-zero <laughs> listeners to me yeah. is amazing and oh i feel so bad that listeners probably listening uh i think i switched instances a few times he sent me a dm like a month and a half ago and i never saw it because i followed him on i i specifically followed him on mastodon except i don't know how mastodon works so i don't know (laughs) if i still am following him like i i have no idea but so for context somebody like gave a public reply to matt's mastodon that said dm joel in it Oh, it was a DM. Okay, but like, uh, it was like DMs Joel. Terrible. <laughs> uh, I mean, I presume they're in public yeah. anyway. Uh, the the like, hey, I I would be that listener that Joel asked for that would give him psychic permission that <laughs> he can buy. finally buy a truck. <laughs> except I'm really enjoying. I secretly his, love. Like, pub, yeah, twenty five minutes of exasperated. <laughs> yeah, that he can't do it. I. <laughs> Like, uh, rent, you know, rent free in my head. Like you got me. Like I, I like no, no joke. I fucking talked to my shrink about it. I was like, oh my God. am I this neurotic? And not, it was great. Like, I'm not upset about it in the least, but it was like, yeah. oh my God, I am so neurotic that even when I like do a fun podcast with my friend about trucks, <laughs> largely a huge portion of what I talk about is my own anxiety neuroses and anxiety and all this stuff like it is who i like this is who i am like i don't yeah. it's fine but it was actually kind of uh a, it was a pretty big impetus behind me being like let me just shit or get off the pot here like this yeah. is so wild so i have been heavily shopping for ford rangers the fifth gen the 2019 to 2023 the current gen um because even though there's a bunch of trucks coming out this year that I'm very interested in still at the top of the list is the Ranger Raptor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Realistically, none of those trucks are going to be easily available until the end of the year and buying the first year of any product, let alone a Ford. Sorry for it. But like you got some quality problems right now. Uh, Like I'm like, let me just get into something for a year or two. 
I really tried to talk myself into a Tacoma. <sighs> just, you know, they are what they are, but they're just not that exciting. Uh, the, the ZR2s, you can get some really decent deals on. They have front lockers. The Multimatic suspension is the best in the midsize for OEM stuff. It, it, better than the trimmer, better than, than everything else. Uh, but they don't have adaptive cruise control. They don't have a, the engines. The petrol engine in particular is like fine, but not great. And then I went and drove a couple of Rangers and I was like, like, this is great. Like, this is what I want. The seating position is great. Uh, that engine rules. It's so good. It's got, and it's not even tuned to any of the ones I've been in. The Cause I will absolutely swap it, like throw a tune on for 500 bucks and then they get really quick. Um, the biggest thing that people complain about them is the interiors saying the interiors, interiors are antiquated. Fine. I got no problem with the interior. It's totally fine and, and feels good. So I have put offers on two. Well, I put offers on many, but there were two that I thought I was going to buy and both have not worked out. Um, and I, I don't, there's the, the, the thrust of these stories is Basically, that car dealers suck, but also I am a total Karen, and so I are they trying still to pull that like? Truck, but I'm like really close. Are they trying to pull that like you got to have low jack and under coating and ceramic coating, and it costs four thousand dollars, and we can't turn it off? Like, are you run into that because I, I like every local dealer is doing that to people around where I live. That there have been. There was the first one that I didn't go get this week was sort of like that. I found a 2021 uh, Velocity Blue trimmer with 15,000 miles listed at 38.5, which was, uh, hey, there you are. Yep, a couple of grand cheaper uh, than any other rain, uh, trimmer that I have found. And I do love that color. Uh, and so I had the whole deal put together. It was down in Washington, uh, in DC. And I, the night before I was getting ready to go on a, get on a train to go pick it up. I said, send me the final like line items, like, like, let me go. And they had raised the price 1500 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, why did you do this? And they're like, well, because you asked us to, to, to do it as CPO. And I said, no. I said, if you sell me this car at this price and it's CPO, I will buy it. And I had gone through like three days of back and forth, getting the financing, everything ready. And then that day they were like, oh, did nobody tell you it was going to cost money for CPO and blah, blah, blah. Just, just <laughs> horse shit. And yeah. it was like, no, no one said that. I know you're, what you're doing here, which is that <laughs> you're trying to add 1500 bucks to it. Yeah. And like, I just like, I'm not going to buy this truck. Like it's an okay deal. And also what I have come to realize is I don't particularly want the trimmer. Not that I have a, the trimmer's fine, but it's, it's, you're getting upgraded shocks, new lower control arm and some switch gear inside. I think maybe like one more piece of, of armor underneath, but I will almost certainly put new suspension on whatever I buy. So the, like paying a premium to get those two inch Fox shocks is like, you know, I, I I'll almost certainly put uh ARB BP 51s on this, like almost as soon as I buy it. Cause I love that 
setup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are four grand ish, something like that. So I'm like, all right, the trimmer package is four grand. BP 51s are four grand and I can put them on myself. So like, why, why do I need the trimmer? But I've been looking at them just because there's a few of them with low miles that are showing up and I, it maybe will help resale a little bit, whatever. So that was the one I was like, all right, you're done. The other one is far more stupid. The reason that I didn't buy it, but there was one up the, sh- the road for me up the Hudson and maybe like 45 minutes from here, it was a 2019. So, you know, far older. That's the first year of the Ranger. But it was an FX4 Lariat. It's in a silver, which I actually really like the silver on that truck. Like, it, it's it, with the contrasting bumpers, I actually think it's one of the better colors. And it has, like, same amount of miles. It was, like, 15,000 miles. And I they had it listed at 37. And I talked to them, like, a week ago and said, you know, what can you do? Like, blah, blah, blah. And they pretty much immediately were like, well, we can take 500 bucks off, but that's all we can do. And, and, and honestly, like that price for what it is, is like, it's okay. It's better than most of the other prices, but it's not like incredible, but it's okay. It was enough that I was like, you know what? 35. That would be (laughs) 35 is what I asked for. And they were like, we can't do it. We can't do it. And so, you know, that was like five days ago. And I told them like, look, we're good on price. Fine. But I'm, uh, Crystal really wants, she didn't like the silver. I mean, she didn't hate it, but she's like, I kind of wanted like a fun color. She really loves the, the blue. And so I was like, I tell this dealership like, okay, we're good, but I'm cross shopping some other stuff right now. Like, let me get back to you if, if, if I want to buy it. Like, you, you know, we're, we, we've got our negotiation done. Every single day since then, and sometimes twice a day, my sales guy will call me and every time I pick up the phone and he'll be like, Hey, are you coming in today? And I was like, no, I'm still waiting on prices for these other things. I'm cross shopping, whatever. And then he'd be like, okay, well, uh, what would it take to get you to come in? And I'm like, <laughs> 35. Well, if you, yeah, I'm like, if you want to lower the price, like, you know, you could do that. Maybe that would make a difference, but probably, and I was very honest with him. I'm like, probably, yeah, yeah. I'm looking, I'm waiting, you know, it's like, this is just time. And every single time he would be like, let me go talk to my manager. <laughs> and then he would come back or call me back five minutes later and be like, my manager says that's as low as we can go. I'm like, oh, oh okay, cool. Okay. But then he like often like four or five hours later would call me again and be like, Hey, what, what, when are you coming in? When can we do this? <laughs> So that ha- that's going on for like the last three days. And then I even, I, I at one point was like, look, you can't come down on money, but like, can you throw the Ford performance tune in? Like, that's like, probably your cost is like 400 bucks, I would guess, because retail is like five or six. I'm like, like trying to give them other options. And then every time he's coming back and saying, oh, I talked to my manager, this is as low as we can go. And I'm like, okay, we'll just... Don't don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> so yesterday, I sent him an email in the morning and I said, "We're gonna come by today around noon and pick up this truck. Like at thirty six five. Like we've got the, all of this ready." Don't hear a response, but I you know I sent that early in the morning. I like grab Crystal because she's gonna co-sign it. Like I could buy it myself, but 
this is like she's paying half. I want her name to be on on the yeah. on the title. I start going up there. It's like eleven o'clock. No one's picking up the phone. I can't figure anything out. I'm like, okay, like I end up having to call another one of their dealers to be like, hey, is, are they open today? Like I'm, you know, coming up here. And they finally get somebody and they're like, oh yeah, we don't, you know, we open at 10, but like, like a lot of people don't, don't show up until like 11 or 12 because nobody comes in in the mornings. And I'm like, oh, okay, well we're coming this is in. a Ford dealer? The Ford dealer, yeah. And huh. so I... And, and it's a small town one, uh, yeah. like it's, you know, small, smaller shop, but like we roll in at, at like 1130 and we're there before our sales guy is there. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's, I, I, I had told him I was going to come in in the next couple of days, but you know, I'm, he, he probably hasn't even checked his email yet. Like whatever. So we walk in and we're sitting in their little, it's not even a lounge in the this place it's so small it's just like a bunch of desks and then you know like the couple of chairs up front and our sales guy walks in and he looks at me and then he just kind of like walks away <laughs> and then i'm like okay he just like doesn't remember what i look like that's fine and then he like goes back and i see him like noodling at his desk and then he gets up and he walks away and then i see him walk back and he's carrying half a sleeve of english muffins and he goes and sits back down at his desk. And I'm like, okay, he still doesn't know who we are, but we've told everybody else, like, hey, you know, we're here for that 2019. We yeah. already should have the financing and everything done. And then finally the guy like gets up and he walks over and he just walks up and he goes, hey. And I'm like, not like, hey, what can I do? Like, like nothing, like no social signals at all. Just like, hey. And I'm like, hey, we're ready to do this deal. Uh, by the way, like my wife who needs to co-sign on this is gone or, or needs to leave in like an hour. So can we just like get her stuff done and then I can hang out as long as I need to, to finish up the deal. And he's like, uh, okay. And then like walks away. And so I like follow him back to his desk and then he sits at his desk, like tapping on an iPad and like kind of just like not talking to us and not making eye contact. And it's at this point that I realize like, and I'm, this is not like a bit, but I think the guy is like developmentally disabled. Like, like I don't think he understands like just basic interactions. Huh. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I just got to deal with this guy once and I'll go. And he, I won't extend out this story any longer than I already have, but basically he kept just like walking away from us without saying what he was doing or telling us anything. And like leaving us sitting in his little cubicle for like 10 minutes at a time. Oh my God. And I see like other people, like all the other sales guys are just kind of like all talking to each other and standing around. And then he'll come back and I think it's like, okay, here's the point where he's going to say, hey, this is about how long this is going to take. Hey, here's the step we're at or whatever. But he would just sit down at his desk and start like tapping on his iPad again. And at one point, Crystal was like, hey, I'm going to go get some water. Do you want any? And he steps up to go, let me go get that water for you. And I realized like, and I, and I made him a sit down. I was down. like, a I was social like no, cue. you sit down. 
I was like, you sit down and keep working on this for us. She can go get the water. And he's like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, oh, he doesn't have any idea what he's doing or how to talk to people or anything. So finally, after like an hour of this back and forth, like I just get up and I kind of, I can tell I'm starting to like about to pop my top. Yeah. And I just, and, and actually here was the thing. I'm like fucking around on my phone at the same time. And I open up an article that's like, Mannheim's uh, used car index has fallen more since the nineties. Used cars have fallen 15% in the last month. And I'm like, I don't have to buy this truck right now. Yeah. Time is in my favor. Like, this is wild. So we get up and we start walking out and it's random. Like, I think it was a finance guy or somebody was like, Hey, uh, you get what, you know, what, what, what's up? And I, and I was just like, I don't understand what's going on, man. Like I am trying to buy a truck from you guys and I am doing all of the work. And then, but it's this like small little office so everybody can hear me. And then the sales manager's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? Like, we're trying to do the deal for you right now. And I'm like, this guy. And I'm like, I find like, I, the, I see my sales guy and I'm like, this guy has called me every day for the last four days. Ask me when I'm coming in and every time saying, what is it going to take? And then you guys come back and say, this is the lowest price. All I want to do is buy a truck. Like yeah. nothing I'm doing is crazy here. Like why aren't, why isn't anyone speaking? Why aren't any of you using words to communicate <laughs> to me that this process is even happening? Because so far this morning, no one has actually said, we're going to get this deal. Like we're, you're buying a truck today. Like I've literally just been sitting, hanging out with you for an hour. And I'm like, this is very similar to the tone I'm using. And, and like the, they start getting like really huffy with me and Crystal's like, we got to go. And, yeah. and they were like, well, what do we have to do to, you know, like, you know, Maybe I don't understand why you're car. upset. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I, and I was like, there's nothing you can do. This is ridiculous. There's a million Rangers for sale. I'm gone. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. And I start walking out and then the sales manager's like, well, we don't want to sell a car to you. And I was like, great, we're aligned. <laughs> and I like walk out. I shit you not, 90 seconds later, as I'm driving down the road, I get a phone call from the sales manager who's like, hey, what can we do to get you? I mean, like, we're oh, basically done with God. this deal. Like, can you come back? Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, no, man, like, we're done like that. I'm like, this whole process has sucked. And to be honest, <laughs> it doesn't matter because you're not my local Ford dealer. I'm not coming back to you again, but like, I don't want to, to buy a car from you anymore. Like this has been really annoying. And then the guy does this thing where he's just keeping me on the phone yeah. thinking like, well, the longer I talk to him, but everything he's saying is like, he, he literally leads with, well, I just got back from vacation, so like, you know, I'm just kind of catching up with like I'm and I'm like none of this like none of this matters, man. Like like yeah. what the answer to this question from day 1 is what can we get to the the answer to the question what can we do to get you into this truck is charge me less money. Yeah. And if you guys aren't going to do that, like I'm just going to go somewhere else. But yeah, they called me that night. They've called me again this morning and I'm just <laughs> like and I and I actually talked to a couple of car broker and dealer friends of mine, and they're like, they're like, dude, everyone's brain is broken in car dealers because for the last two years they haven't had to work. 
Yeah, like people have sell. come in and they've said, okay, great. Like you want to buy this car? We're going to charge you $20,000 on top of it. And if you don't like it, take it or leave it. Cause we have 15 people lined up behind you. And that has changed in the last three months. And you know, like, does it suck for me? Yes. Is it not like, did I get way too upset about it? Like for sure. But it is like, it really has been this experience of like walking away from it going the day car dealers, like the day that OEMs have the cojones to like shut down the dealer model is like, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on their side. Like I know there are some negatives to consumers with that and the lack of competition and blah, blah, blah. But like, it has been so wild to try to buy a truck where I'm like, tell me what the price is and I will buy it if I, <laughs> if that's the right price and how I have to keep having conversations and then to make it again about my mental illness and neuroses and anxiety. Part of what I, I said to Crystal, cause she was like, well, you know, like, why was that stressing you out so much? Was it just because they've been so rude to you, you know, over the, the last, you know, whatever. And I'm like, the reason it stressed me out is less about what these specific people have done. It's that I am literally sitting in a business, in a physical structure that has been engineered to be a psychological gauntlet to take advantage of people. Like, you're putting me in a cubicle and leaving me alone while you go talk to an authority figure to do well. And it's like, this is how car dealerships have been my entire life. That's not the new thing for me. But what is irritating to me is like, I am being forced to go through the pantomime of the psychological gauntlet of a sales process when we've already agreed on a price. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, you guys are so native in this that you don't understand why this is insane. And also that I am insane. And so all of my like fight or flight stuff is going wild where I'm like, dude, this is all totally unnecessary. Like I could have walked in, you could have handed me some paperwork. We could have signed it. Yeah. I would have said no to all of your like polish and your undercarriage protection and your gap yeah. insurance. You know, it's like, we already both know how this will end. But I now feel morally that I can't buy this from you because I am participating in like a really messed up like thing. So anyway, like I walked and then the, the denouement is I woke up this morning, was like, let me just check on prices. And almost every single ranger that I have saved in my in my tools has dropped by like five or a thousand five hundred or a thousand bucks in the last twenty four hours, and I'm like, <laughs> I knew it! Like everything is on my side. So I we this will reminds see, me of my like, Florida I, adventure a few months ago. When I tried to buy a Jeep while I was visiting a friend. When was that? Like November? No, it was still hot. So it was like September. Uh, yeah, September. Uh, you know, they had this used Jeep with all the options and extra aftermarket stuff I all liked. And it was like 60. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. And they were like, okay, here's the final paperwork. It's $66,000. And I went, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. And then they said, so I'm on the phone with them saying, this is bullshit. The price is 60. We talked about this price. This is the number. This is the number I'll bring you a check for. Uh, they were like, oh, no, we just can't turn off all that other stuff. And I said, well, if it's non-optional, it should be reflected in the price. 
And as I'm on the phone with them, I'm like refreshing because I was gonna like send the guy a screenshot over text. Um, they changed the price. up to sixty four and a half or something. Yep. Like, and I was like, remember when these what... messages were so difficult that a car dealer could never <laughs> touch their website? I, I am sad. That That's what they did on the trimmer. I called the sales guy. It was listed at thirty eight five, and I said, if you can CPO this, I will take it for thirty eight five. The next day, it went up to forty two five on the website, <laughs> and then they were like, "Well, we'll script, still like, give you that price." But this is like, and it, yeah, this is probably in um, car dealer website CMS scripts, like with Salesforce. Like, did you get a call on this specific item, then boosted by two grand? Is probably written somewhere. Uh, no, I think it is. Yeah. I think it's just like, yeah, if it's not built into the software, I think it's certainly built into the behavior. The awkwardness reminds me of I'm generally an introverted person around strangers and I generally let people talk instead of bring things up. Uh, and one time I went to, I was doing some will stuff with a lawyer and it was this like lawyer I rode bikes with, uh, who's a local lawyer. And I was like, uh, you know, I'll just pitch some work his way, like a little thousand dollar, write me a basic will kind of thing. And me and my wife go and, uh, she's like, at the end of it, she was like, that was the most awkward meeting ever. And I was like, you know, it was a little slow. She's like, you guys, <laughs> this guy was my equal. He was my absolute spiritual equal. She's like, you guys sat motionless, not talking for like two <laughs> minutes straight while I was sitting there going, what the fuck is happening in my brain? Because like both of you are waiting for someone to take the lead. I'm like, he's the lawyer and I'm paying him. He should give me the pony show. Like, I'm not doing it. Like. Yeah. I have I have the same pathology, but the inversion of it. If I walk into a sales situation, oh, yeah, I sales. am in full like like good old boy finger guns. Like, yeah. hey, what are we doing? Like, let's do this thing today. And when I run into a sales guy that also does that, who I know is gonna fleece me, I feel safe because I'm like, great, we are we have entered the arena. And like, we're both going to be like chuckleheads. But when I run into the opposite, which is what this guy was, who like, God bless him, should not be a sales guy. Like he just, mm -hmm. just can't, I mean, he just couldn't say hello. But okay. it was just this thing of like, I am lost because all I want to do is deflect all your sales thing. It's, and I'm prepped for that. And instead I'm supposed to sit here quietly while you're, like not doing anything. And I, I mean, I, I, you know, that's on me for sure. But the good news is for the takeaway is I like the Ranger. Crystal likes the Ranger. Like I still am one. very seriously looking at the Ranger Raptor in my, in my head cannon right now. I'm like, we get this Ranger. We don't mod it too much. We drive it for like two years. Wait for the initial excitement around the Rangers to drop and fine. But like, and I feel great about it. Like I'm, I'm in, uh, but now I just, now I'm like on, on the hunt and the only slight little, you know, mind palace brain pit that I'm about to fall into is I do know every single day I wait is in my favor. And so I'm like, I got a trip to Daytona at the end of the month. I really would like to get this done before then. I needed to do some cross country stuff here pretty soon for some business meetings. I'd love to be in that truck for that. Like I really would like to just get it done in the next week, but there is a little tiny part of me that's like, but if you waited until March, what kind of amazing deals would be available in March? And I'm like, <laughs> shut up, just 
but you, I am duty bound to our one listener now that I have to like complete this narrative arc so I can start talking about something else. But I'm really close, and like I feel the the out of everything that's available, the Ranger is the only thing that I'm like excited about. Like, it's, yeah. I, that engine is so good, and, and it feels trucky to me in a way that I really like. So it's going to be a Ranger. I'm just trying to lock in the deal and the plan and they're all within they're all within like a thousand dollars of each other anyway so like <laughs> it's mostly just like finding the one and the color and and gonna go gonna go it's gonna happen <laughs> good god well it continues that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> another uh, uh, volume yeah. in this multi-volume yeah story. let's go ahead and record let's go ahead and record january 2024 okay. episode yeah. right now because we <laughs> already know that the content we're exactly ready to go for march yeah so i was at this dealer and it just didn't work through the june and show. he had this shirt and the shirt did not match his pants and you know how i feel about fashion so, as, yeah, I'm, as I'm getting older, my biggest problem with all service people in the world is just keep communicating. Please communicate to your customer. Keep them in the loop on everything as often as possible. I love it when my Eric HVAC repair guy can send me automatic texts. I left the company. I'm coming. I'm going to be there in 40 minutes. Yes. Like these automated texts they are so great. But then okay, like a so dude shows up and like, Walks in the bottom of my house, doesn't even talk to me, leaves and leaves yes. a receipt on a fucking we're, table. <laughs> we're already we're already overlong, which I love because yeah. like the last few episodes we've been like, uh, how do we drag this out? But I will tell you this and then we'll stop recording. I spent the last three months, the Q4 of last year, going, are there any startups that I can do, whether they're side hustles or full-time jobs, but like my consulting's going fine and, and all of that's good, but it's consulting. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, I had three business ideas. One was like a media thing. The one is the one I've decided to do. But the third one that I had was, I want to start a company that is just customer service for the trades, where it's yeah. like, you pay me 5% or whatever, some transaction costs. I didn't even model it out that far. All my company does is does your customer service that you don't want to do and you're terrible at. But, but what if, happens when if, it's a mismatch, if, though? You could be GPT-3 well, in this shit, too, which is... Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, like human like, things. Like, yeah. you would need to vet people and you would have to, like, you know, match the customer to whatever. But basically being, like, a recruiter no, being, for being service high, people, high. I think there is a business there. Yeah, I think there is too. Like you, you could also do their website hosting if you want, and all their intake and all that stuff. But I mean, they're going to be hard to trust you. But uh, yeah, I guess the only the only thing would be a mismatch between like super high touch, amazing communication online, and then when you meet the actual tradesperson, they're not that. You know, they're not they're not going to ask you before they drill into your house and stuff because that's not what they. But like you would have to do, give... you'd have to do some vetting and maybe yeah. even honestly some like uh, etiquette training. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if the margins are there or not, but the reason that I think they might be is because as a new homeowner, I've been paying tradesmen yeah. uh, quite a bit for the last year. And, and then anecdotally, all of the people I know in the, in new England that are homeowners are like, I cannot believe how much tradespeople are charging these days, yeah. which great. I'm fine. Like they deserve every bring your they can customer make. service up to that level. Right. But I'm just like, Oh, okay, great. Like you can make even more money and have to deal with 
customers less if you yeah. would pay whatever. Anyway, I did not do this, but I still think that it is a business, business. that can be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll have to be for somebody else because I'm going to do Let me something see. far Last more stupid. Bits I wanted to cover was should I talk about the R1S test drive and also I finished. Yeah, why not? We're already running long. Let's, let's sure. I'll cut some of the middle <laughs> Ranger story. <laughs> uh, like so, uh, yeah. I test drove a Rivian uh, Monday uh, last Friday. They sent me an email saying, "Hey, your order is going to come up in a month or two. We're locking things in. A salesperson will get a hold of you to talk about numbers. Uh, also, we're doing like driving events in Portland because we rented oh, a warehouse right. somewhere. Uh, and is there a Portland this, Rivian store? Do they there have is like not the fancy? Yet. There will be one." But they're ha they just like signed a lease on like right on the waterfront next to a Mercedes dealer, like a fancy, like it'll be okay. beautiful in like six months. But I had to go to like a murder parking lot in the middle of nowhere that was chained up. And there's like, we were in a very industrial area <laughs> north of Portland. And then, you know, we were like, wow, this address doesn't make any sense. This is like an old abandoned factory. But then next door, we we're like, oh shit, there's six Rivians in a locked parking lot. And I text my, this is great, uh, customer service. I text the guy who texted me, like, you know, expect to say hi to Michael today at two o'clock. He'll see, you know, some guy from Irvine was texting me from headquarters. So I, uh, texted that guy going, Hey, I can't figure out how to get in. There's just a lock gate. Uh, I think 90 minutes later, the guy texted me back saying, uh, look for this guy, Michael or something. But like, I'd already done the <sighs> test drive. Like I was, I was just like five <laughs> minutes early. Uh, great customer service there. But uh, so, yeah, there was a guy sitting in the car. He unlocks the gate, shows us around. We we like climbed over it like monkeys. We He told us he made the mistake of telling us like right away, you have a 45 minute slot. You know, I've been doing these all day, but you're my last person. So you can take as much time as you want. So we like monkeyed <laughs> around with the interior. We sat in the second row, the third row. We played with all the bits, buttons, air compressor, like everything. And then we went for like, I did a half hour drive and then my wife did a half hour drive. And it's like, it's weird. It's definitely a new company. Uh, and it's definitely like, like I said in my blog post, it's like 75% super high luxury and then 25% completely forgotten and like untouched and not quite there yet. And, and like, I think this is sort of like when the truck embargo, there must have been an embargo or something because like every YouTube car person has reviewed one this week. Um, there must be some push to like, hey, we're about to unleash these on the world at scale. So let's, you know, hype up the yeah, they, they uh, embargo. They like uh, I know I, I happen to know specifically on this one that they did. And but yeah. yeah, that's normal. It seems like it seems like this week everyone released a video. So it's been like really great because we just drove one and like I'm showing my wife like, hey, here's what they like. Here's what they didn't like. But like, yeah, it's like. You know, yeah, there's like a seat heater here, but then it's not a power seat, but they have to do that for weight. And like, I couldn't believe the third row <laughs> you have to pick up and pull down by hand just because like everything over like 50 grand has like power up, down, you know, the third row flattens and stuff. Uh, but like, yeah, the fit and finish is really nice. It really does suck that it doesn't have car play. Uh, like that is the number one. And the, the, the rep was really trained on it. Oh. Which is, mm. it reminds me of like the first time I bought an iPhone and I canceled my old phone plan and they had a whole script for me in like 2007. Oh, do you know it's an unproven technology? And like, you know, you're going to trust <laughs> Apple. And like they had this, I'm like, oh, you're going down the bullets. I get it. Now I'm, I'm canceling my account, dude. Uh, he was like, oh, CarPlay, that's really interesting. What do you get out of it? Because, you know, the mapping on this is just extraordinary and Google based. And, and I was just like, I mean, text. 
and you, know, you what else are you, you gonna do when you're screwed it's like just like, really <laughs> lean into it and then I, I know like a tesla can tell you if you got a text on an apple iphone and i think it can read it to you using some sideload app but i was like hey can you i was like sometimes i'm driving home and i'll get a text that i should stop and get some milk on my way home and that's extremely useful because i was already on my way home and if i you know i'm not gonna look at my phone while i drive because i don't want to kill anyone so i said can it announce when you have a new text and he's like no not currently <laughs> and i was just like okay that's like a gigantic deal breaker you know man uh the other thing that struck me um it it drove really mild-mannered um most electric cars you know if you get the throttle to about 50 percent, they take off like a goddamn rocket i really had to go like almost 90% pedal to the floor to get it to go all the way. Uh, because I think it's a psychotic amount of power and it doesn't want to be like, they don't want to unleash it on regular people all the time. So it felt like a, huh. felt like a 200 horsepower suburban. Most of the time I was driving it. And you were in the sportiest mode. Uh, I wasn't in sport mode. I think it was in all roads, comfort standard, soft. Uh, the suspension is not that soft. It's pretty bumpy. Um, I heard a lot of people say the truck was kind of radly and stuff. And this is, yeah, suspension is not great. Uh, not for like a hundred thousand dollar car. It should float on heaven and it doesn't. I thought it was a good choice that like, if you want to unleash all 800 horsepower, 900 foot pounds of torque, like that's going to break equipment. It's so psychotic. Like, you really have to want it. So like I floored it a couple of times just to go. And it was like instantly scary after a second, just like it takes off like mm -hmm. a rocket, but so it's mild mannered. And the, uh, the thing that hung up with me was uh, the brake region was psycho. Um, like I've had a BMW yeah, has a, a heavy, heavy brake region. And even at the lowest setting. Yeah. It's only got two settings, like, uh, regular and high. And, uh, and it was in high when I got into it. I turned it down to regular. And then I couldn't, I was like, how is this not the highest high? I've never felt like in my BMW when I had in the highest region. It's just, it's crazy. It's just always there, always. It's and too aggressive just, in the yeah, initial really, fall off is my complaint. Yeah. Like, like I don't mind an aggressive region. The Rivian, it just grabs a little too early. It's like, give yeah. me like a second, you know, like, let me, let me, let <laughs> Why don't you figure out if I'm really going to be needing to use regen and then ease on the regen over the over a yeah. curve for like a second? Whereas yeah. like I feel like the the and a lot of it I I only drove an R1T for about 30 minutes maybe and I yeah. even within that amount of time got a little more used to it, but uh it's just it's still yeah, it's just a little too much and it's all programmable. So I just know. let me pick. Right. Like a friend, like when a friend showed me his VW e Golf and it has full on coasting, like no regen at all. I thought, this is stupid. Why did they even ship this? Like, cause you're like ruining the good aspects of a electric car. But I guess it only did regen when your foot was on the brake. But he was like, Oh, it just feels like a super normal car. And then the Polestar twos have creep that so you can turn it when you take your foot off the gas. It should start going at one to five miles an hour, you know, like a normal gas car would. Um, instead of auto locking the parking brake. Uh, and I always thought, wow, I mean, that's weird. You're doing, you know, you're bending over backwards to make gas engine people feel okay and for it to not. But my wife drove the Rivian and like we were getting car sick. <laughs> like anytime her foot came up, the thing was like hard braking, it felt like. So it was just like kind of pitching and diving a lot. Um, yeah, it was, I was so just like, are you going to get it? 
yeah, yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to go ahead and get it. It's really nice. Um, you know, it fits my wife's needs. She doesn't go on long road trips. 300 miles is like plenty. We have a level two charger in our garage already. Like it'll be an easy lifestyle thing. And it's like a, just a really nice truck. It, it does feel like almost as big as a suburban inside. I mean, the third row is pathetic. It's for children, but, uh, you know, it's pretty big inside and not that big on the outside. It's, it, it just feels like surprisingly roomy and cool and all the gadgets and stuff and thought that went into it are really nice. Like we were like, this is literally like going to be an awesome overlander, like an amazing car camping car deployed to their camping setting that yeah that yeah. auto levels on all four air shocks yeah so and i saw someone flat i saw someone go up a curb with one tire and then hit auto level and it worked because it has six to eight inches on each corner and it literally and i was just like oh my god like sleeping in my lexus it was just so hard to park it perfectly flat you know so you your head you didn't get a headache from blood rushing your head while you slept or <laughs> yeah so i, was I never like, bothered with that with my trucks i always I just slept whatever way I was downhill. <laughs> I just gave up. The camp- <laughs> it's like so camping- much easier just to flip around. The camping mode was cool because you could optionally turn on and off outlets. So if you're like charging your phone with a USB port while you sleep, you could just keep doing that. You could turn off everything just but the USB ports. You could turn off everything just but the HVAC. So I don't, I've never seen anyone test this, but I would love to see like someone lightly running the heater or lightly running an air conditioner for an eight hour sleep. And like, how much does, what does that do to the battery? Like, is that 20% off? Not, not that I think you're trying to become a YouTube, uh, celeb, <laughs> I know. But like that would be, that would be that's, a good, a, that's a good video. Yeah. It's like, I slept in it. Uh, you know, I was trying to keep it 20 degrees warmer or cooler. And this is what happened to the battery. I've seen plenty of like, you know, Jackery battery tests where people are like, I plugged in an electric blanket. I slept for eight hours. This is what happened. And it was surprising most of the time where it's like only went down 8% in one night. And I'm like, geez. And then, oh, I used an induction cooktop and, and making breakfast took out 50% of the battery. Okay, that's bad. But like, I get it. That's high wattage cooking. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be like the most amazing camping vehicle. We were just like going, man, just, just driving five or six hours across the state, though, is just going to take planning. We might have to get lunch in the middle at like, Finding fast chargers that aren't Tesla is so hard. Um, we don't have any infrastructure at all for it. And like Rivian's keeps talking about like a nationwide network they want to build actually in remote places. But like, I think it's so far behind. Yeah, I but think they've been saying got... that forever. Like, yeah. yeah, they're just trying to like make sell vehicles at this point. Yeah. And like, I think I mean, it's, it's like... the same thing with CarPlay. Like eventually yeah. they'll add CarPlay because they'll give up. But like right now they don't have the three or five hundred dollars or whatever apple charges like they don't have that <laughs> yeah. margin to waste so they're right. like still, trying to do their best i'm still buying a seventy thousand dollar something rivian you know thank god my like three-year-old pre-order still works uh but yeah like i think it's starting at ninety two thousand dollars for the stripped suv uh so i think I it'd really, be about a hundred yeah if i was gonna buy it today we, we've talked about a million times but i i will just like echo like i'm sad i'm not buying an ev truck right now i am like i like no it's I, not i, I the could the world isn't ready I yet could, for it i could buy i could buy an r1t like i can afford it like i could buy an r1t but it's not it doesn't do what i need it to do you know yeah and like yeah. that that it's that's a bummer for me having worked in evs for fucking longer than almost anybody i mean i've been working on evs for 10 years yeah. And it's like, I want it. I'm so ready. But it's just like, I can't. It's not ready. So, but I think in your case, it'll be good. And also realistically, yes, you will take it camping. And maybe you'll take it camping a lot because it's so great. But like, 
most of the life cycle of that vehicle will be running up and down the Willamette Valley where there's plenty of charging and you won't yeah. be like in a in a in a pinch. Perfect. I also think too, like because you locked in the price, like worst case scenario, you drive it. I mean, I'm sure the orange yeah. XC90 is not getting sold immediately. Like, uh, if you if if you don't like it or she doesn't like it after three months, you'll be able to put twenty grand in your pocket, no yeah. problem. So like, yeah. yeah, just just get it. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we got tons for next episode. Bye bye. <laughs>